You're listening to the Joy Junkies Show podcast, episode 421. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash EP421. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. (laughs) Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? Without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, Amy E. Smith. Hey, hey, everyone. Amy here, and it is time to talk about holiday stress. How do we deal? How do we manage it? How do we recover from it? We're kind of right in the thick of it. For those of you who happen to celebrate Christmas or Thanksgiving, we're kind of smack dab in the middle. And I find that this is sort of the time where we're gearing up to have these, you know, these final events with family or at the workplace or with your kids' school or whatnot. And it's starting to hit that crescendo, sort of that fever pitch of, oh my God, I'm going to fucking blow a gasket if I have one more obligation, one more thing added to my plate. If one more person asks me to volunteer or donate money or do something else with my time and energy, I just might fucking explode. So we talked a few weeks ago about how to specifically not lose your shit with your family over the holidays. So if you haven't caught that episode, please be sure to do that. That's episode 418. But today I'm going to talk about a broader concept of just dealing with the stress of the holiday season. And I will mention too, one of the best books that I have ever read specifically about burnout and stress is one by Emily Nagowski and uh, Emilia Nagowski. We'll link to it in the show notes and it's just simply called Burnout. And Emily Nagowski in particular is a sex educator. They're twins, actually, the two of them. And it Emily wrote a book called Come As You Are, which is a phenomenal book for anybody out there who uh, I would say it's primarily geared towards cisgendered females, um, but I do think that it could be helpful for pretty much anybody to read to understand female sexuality. And in that book, Emily Nagowski talks about burnout and the stress cycle. And everyone who read that book was so intensely interested specifically in the stress cycle and in how we deal with extreme levels of stress in our life that she got together with her twin, Amelia, and they wrote the book Burnout Together, which is phenomenal. So again, we'll link to that in the show notes. But if you're looking for additional support, that might be something that can be helpful for you. I'm also going to list a whole bunch of different podcasts that I've done specifically around dealing with rest and what it means to recharge, dealing with sort of a lack of motivation and inspiration, specifically during quarantine and how, God, when I recorded that last year, I was thinking, oh, that's not going to (laughs) apply. That's not going to continue to apply. But it's still very, very relevant. So lots of additional resources for you this week. Be sure to check that out on the show notes page, which will be thejoyjunkie.com slash EP421. 
1-800-273-8421. But I think this is one of those topics that is incredibly important to discuss. I revisit this every single year because I think it's an important reminder about how we place so much stock and so much um, glorification on being busy, doing it all, constantly go, 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 hustle culture, productivity. And really, a lot of that is rooted in sort of the, the capitalist society that we live in that values productivity overall, because productivity equals wealth, right? It equals money. So especially when we're talking about the holidays, which no matter which holidays you celebrate, they're truly about connection, peace, joy, being together with with our fellow humans, doing good, feeling good. But for many of us, we reach this place where we're quite literally burnt out and we can't wait to get beyond this joyful fucking holiday. (laughs) We can't wait for it to be over because it incurs such an extreme amount of stress. So I want to really encourage you as I go through these handful of items today to think about this as a reclamation for you to say, I am going to reclaim my holiday and create something that works really well for myself and for my family. And I'll share with you a handful of the things that we've done in our household that have proven to be amazing as far as regulating our own sanity. So the first thing that I want to talk about with regards to managing and recovering from holiday stress is to watch out for your personal rules. Watch out for the things that you say I have to, I should, there's no other option, no one else is going to do it, it has to be this way. Oftentimes when we establish these rules for ourselves, we'll use language that I like to call absolutes, where we're using phrasing that is not allowing for any wiggle room at all, have to, shoulds, always, never, that sort of thing. And a lot of times, spoiler alert, if you are a high achiever or tend towards perfectionism, there are an extreme amount of self-inflicted rules that you make sure you abide by. And a lot of times it creates that self-inflicted stress. Now, of course, we have stress that's incurred by other people's obligations and, and external elements, but... I would really encourage you, especially if you happen to be a type A or, you know, kind of a recovering perfectionist, to look at what are the things that I've put into place that are rules that aren't necessarily anything that I have to continue to adhere to. So, for example, maybe you have always cooked a specific meal and you've done it from scratch or you've always hosted and By having all of these people in your home, it's an extreme stress to your immediate family, or it always costs you a little bit of sanity, or perhaps you feel like traditions have to be done a very specific way. Your lights have to be put up. Gifts have to be done a specific way. The cards that you send out have to be done a a perfect way, when in reality, a lot of that is your particular notion about what has to happen. So in, so look at it and go, hmm, 
what would happen if I didn't do gifts the way I did last year or the year before? What if I changed how I hosted things at my home? What if I changed how I participated in holiday events at my workplace? Are there elements that incur a tremendous amount of stress? And then are there specific rules that you've established that have made your job a shit ton harder? Right now, it's very different if we're talking about, you know, establishing boundaries or having tough conversations with family. I think that's also really important. And I also think episode 418 would be helpful for that as well. But I want you to look at what are the self-imposed rules that you've created. And I love to use the acronym of POD, P-O-D. And this stands for postpone, omit, delegate. So P, postpone. Is this something that has to be done this exact moment, this exact year? Do we even need to do it? The O stands for omit. Is this something that I can just scratch off my plate altogether? Is it something that I've made a big deal, something serious that doesn't matter? In fact, (laughs) I'll give you a sort of a, a, a silly example that's not directly related to the holiday season, but it is directly related to overwhelm. And I remember distinctly there was this moment where I was overloaded. I was doing a bunch of stuff for work. I was performing in a play at the time, which if anybody out there is involved in theater arts, you know that's like having a part-time job if you're a part of a show. And just had a lot of plates spinning. And I remember I came downstairs into our garage and I saw that we had a a trash can in there that something had spilled in the bottom and there was all of the trash had been taken out of it but the trash can itself was not clean like there was a spill in there it was completely dried up and I found myself spinning out in that moment going oh my gosh now I have this I have to add to my to-do list and if I run this through the POD acronym, the Postpone, Omit, Delegate acronym, I found myself standing there going, okay, I could put this off. I could do this later. I could omit it. I could not do it altogether. I could delegate it. I could ask Mr. Smith to do it. And I sat there, and as I thought about my various options, I went, if this trash can never, ever gets cleaned, Literally nothing in my life changes. It's in the garage. We never use it. We don't have a pest issue. We like it doesn't make any sense for me to incur another element of stress and overwhelm by adding this ridiculous thing to my task list. Now, obviously, that's an extreme example because it's something that I think many of us would find kind of silly. But I think the metaphor is really quite poignant. We have so many things that we add to our plates. And a lot of times they're not even fucking necessary. So start looking at what if I just got rid of this obligation altogether? What if I delegated? Okay, here's another one for all of you who have a nice tight grip on control or tend towards perfectionism. Delegating, actually asking other people to handle things can be also (laughs) stress-inducing. So I would encourage you as a baby step, when you delegate, when you ask for support, when you ask for help, to have it be things that that really, truly 
however it turns out, it doesn't really matter. It's not going to affect how beautiful the day is. A perfect example would be if you ask one of your kids to please wash the dishes and put them in the dishwasher. And how they load the dishwasher is not perfect. It's not how you would do it. But actually getting that off of your plate and having somebody else handle it makes your life so much fucking easier. So delegate those things that don't need such an incredible accuracy or precision around them. Ask for help. Postpone things. Does it even need to happen this holiday? Omit it. Does it even need to happen at all, ever? And think about those self-inflicted rules. All right, number two, get really clear on your priorities and make your priorities more important than other people's obligations. All right? So what this looks like is pulling out a piece of paper and writing out, here are a list of my priorities. And you might want to get connected to your personal values. You might want to think about what are the most important things to me around the holiday season? Is it maybe remembering someone who's no longer with us? Is it taking care of your own mental health because things have been so taxing over the last couple of years? What are your biggest priorities during this holiday season? Maybe it is at work to actually take some time off, even though it's a busier season and in your workplace. But start looking at, okay, I understand what my company's priorities are. I understand what my extended family's priorities are. But that has nothing to do with your own priorities. So start looking at, who do I want to connect with? What are the traditions that matter to me? What are the things that really, truly warrant my time and energy and expense? Because most of the time, we start clogging up our calendar and our to-do list with things that are more obligatory than they are fulfilling. Get that list made. Identify what are the most important things to me about this holiday season and then follow suit with your to-do list or with your decisions about where you're going to go or what you're going to do or how much money you're going to spend. So for example, there might be you know, a gift exchange that happens at work and that doesn't feel really comfortable to you because you don't celebrate Christmas or <laughs> and you've always kind of gone along to get along and that really doesn't feel in alignment with your own priorities politely excuse yourself thank you so much for for thinking of including me it doesn't actually align with my values I'm going to sit this one out no harm no foul if things have been a struggle for you financially and you don't want to participate in a holiday getaway that the whole family wants to do. You get to advocate for your own financial house. You get to say, hey, I would love nothing more than to commune with all of you. It's not a good financial decision for myself at the moment. I'm going to politely decline. Done and done. So start looking at, am I doing the things that are obligatory or are they fulfilling? And there might be some stuff that's a bit of a crossover. I know that I struggle with that sometimes where I want to do 
all of the things in a very, very specific way, right? I want to flawlessly make stuff from scratch for everybody. I want to have this incredible event at my home. And I have to look at, okay, if I hold on that tightly to how things have to be or what I really want, what's the cost? And then I can start looking at, okay, of these items, what can I let go of a little bit or tweak what it might actually look like in order to preserve my sanity a little bit? One of the things that's incredibly important for Mr. Smith and myself is no matter how chaotic life gets or the holiday season gets or travel plans get, we don't skip date night. So that is something that we as a family hold with such extreme high regard that if we have opportunities to do get-togethers with family Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, there better be one of those days that we can have just for the two of us. And that's really non-negotiable. So that's a part of what's a priority to us. Another piece of that is, and I mentioned this a couple episodes ago, I get peopled out. Over the last decade, I'd say I've become extremely introverted. So I absolutely need downtime. I cannot have a hustled out schedule where I'm constantly with people nonstop. It fries the circuit board. I can't do it. So I must built in self-care so that I don't like kick anyone in the throat. (laughs) You know what I mean? All right. So get that priority list written out. Before we go too much further, I wanted to take a quick moment to give a shout out to our sponsor. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Shocker, I'm a huge fan of therapy. I have a personal motto that if you think you don't need therapy, you probably need therapy. Because without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is genuinely hard. The good news is therapy actually really does work. But what is it exactly? Well, it can truly be whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling super motivated right now. Hello, who among us, right? And maybe you want some tools to help or maybe you're feeling insecure in your relationships or in your workplace or maybe you're just not dealing with stress very well. Whatever it is that you need, it is time to stop being so ashamed of normal human struggles. It's time that you feel better because you deserve to be genuinely happy. And now you don't really have to worry about finding an in-person therapist that's near you or in your town because BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to even see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people, y'all, it's been over 2 million people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. As I mentioned, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and the Joy Junkie Show podcast listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash thejoyjunkie. That is betterhelp.com slash thejunkie joy junkie. Now let's jump back into the show. Another huge piece that that I will mention too, and this could relate to your immediate family versus your extended family, the traditions that Mr. Smith and I have very consciously made as a couple, as a family of two, is extremely important to the two of us. So 
we have a we call them Smith's traditions or Smith's traditions, where we have a way in which we decorate the house for Christmas each year, and we put on the claymations that <laughs> were made like in the fifties or sixties. We watch those. We have, you know, eggnog and brandy, and we decorate the house, and it is one of our favorite favorite elements to the holiday. So. If something has got to give, it's going to be things other than that, other than the things that are our priorities, all right? So we've got, number one, watch for your own self-inflicted rules. Number two, make make a real solid, strong list of your priorities for this season. Number three, decline with grace. Start practicing saying no. I'm definitely going to link to a saying no podcast that I've done. I'm also going to link to a podcast I did specifically about peace, about cultivating peace in your world. So the declining with grace, the saying no, is very closely tied to reckoning with obligations. It's taking on the things that are more important to other people and saying yes, 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 all across the board. Maybe it's organizing things at your church or at your workplace because who else is going to do it? And so you volunteer (laughs) and you find yourself burning the candle at both ends, snapping at your family or your besties or whoever because you are so stressed. Or just genuinely not even having time for the things that you value, like maybe a morning routine or going for walks or taking time to read or decompress or the things that matter to you. I remember when when I went to coaching school, it was really interesting. We did this exercise, God, this was like 15 years ago, where we looked at the concepts of saying no and saying yes and how when you are saying yes to something – you are also saying no to something else and vice versa. So when you choose to decline and when you choose to say, I'm saying no to baking all these cookies for my kid's class, what you're saying yes to is peace, is uh, relinquishing responsibility that's maybe not yours to carry to begin with, right? How many of us do that? Take on a bunch of shit because, again, who else is going to do it? They'll figure it out. They'll I'll tell you what. They will fucking figure it out the minute you're not available to take care and save everybody. So start declining with grace. One of the ways that you can very easily say this is, hey, thank you so much for thinking of me or I really appreciate the invite or I appreciate that you would ask that of me or that that I seem to be somebody who you could really count on. That means the world to me. Thank you for thinking of me. Any number of whatever it, whatever you want to say related to that particular relationship. And then say, you know what? I'll be really honest with you. I cannot add one more thing to my schedule or I might spontaneously combust. I truly hope you can understand. Or things have been a little bit more frazzled this year. I'm stretched a bit thin. I don't think I can commit to one more thing. Uh, truly hope you can understand. Or simply saying, unfortunately, we're not available or I'm not going to be able to make it. Uh, Again, truly appreciate the invite or appreciate you asking. Done. Done and fucking done. You don't have to overexplain. You don't have to have some sort of crazy noble, like I'm volunteering at a soup kitchen excuse. (laughs) You can quite simply just decline and you can do that with grace. All right. Number four. 
Build in your self-care, your downtime, your recovery, and get it on the schedule. I'm going to link to another pod that I did around four different types of self-care. I think a lot of times in social media and sometimes in just personal development at large, there's this weird notion that self-care is about manicures and bubble baths. And I'm like, I don't know how that got presented that way, but that is a very myopic view of what self-care is. Self-care is of or relating to the self. How can I care for the entirety of self? And we are so multifaceted, right? There's going to be physical self-care. There's environmental self-care. There's emotional self-care. So for, for many of you out there, the holidays is going to kick up a shit ton of trauma because we have so much trauma surrounding our families, right? So we might need to really emotionally decompress and take care of ourselves around the holiday season. But you have to build that into your calendar. Like I mentioned earlier, because I don't find energy and recharging by being with large groups of people, in fact, I find it incredibly draining, I have to make sure that if we plan, you know, five days that we're visiting family, that I've got like a good two or three days of nobody around me <laughs> when I get home, right? And maybe a, a session with my coach or some hypnosis that I'm going to do or booking a massage with Mr. Smith. I'm so fortunate to have that. So calling in the things that you need to help you decompress and manage. If you do have the privilege to outsource things, you know, again, this is that delegate piece of the pod. Are there people who you can hire to take care of things that normally you would do all on your own? I have found that hiring various people for party planning things on Etsy or to make specific gifts instead of me having to make them myself or all of the the ways in which I incur unneeded stress, outsourcing that as best as I can and also leaning on my team. For those of you who do run businesses, I have to constantly remind myself, you have people who are on your team who will happily do this for you. And I've told them before, remind me that I don't have to do all this shit on my own because I will naturally do that. And I want to break, really break that habit. So that can also be a huge element of self-care is just genuinely asking for the support that you need. And that can look a bunch of different ways. It could be monetary. It could be time and space. It could be asking your partner, hey, I need an evening free. Can you please book a babysitter or take care of the kids or handle dinner this night or whatever it is because I have got to have a break. And it's got to be important as just as important as everything else on your schedule. It's got to get on that calendar or that to-do list or it's just simply not going to be important. I've said that many times that the things that we value the most, our priorities, are on our to-do lists and on our calendars. So if you aren't on the calendar or on the to-do list, you're definitely not going to be having self-care at the top of mind. Now, you can also think about this with regards to what you're fueling your mind with. Are you highly triggered by things surrounding the holidays and then you immerse yourself in conversations at work that talk all about 
these triggering events or you watch a bunch of holiday movies that are very triggering for you. Like watch your own behavior. Am I consuming media or things that tend to exacerbate it? Uh, I know that for myself, when I'm extremely stressed and I inundate myself with too much news and this kind of 24-hour news cycle or NPR politics that I love to listen to, it compounds any overwhelm or stress that I feel. So I find that I need to go, okay, I want to be informed. I want to stay informed, but I don't want to be inundated necessarily. So I have to watch some of those specific behaviors that I tend toward that aren't helpful. And that has a lot to do with taking care of yourself. Are you surrounding yourself with people who support you, who build you up, who help mitigate that stress, or do they compound it? Do they disregard how you might be feeling? So build in that self-care, that downtime, that recovery. Get it on the schedule. Number five, this is sort of a concept or kind of an emotional perspective to have. Keep your eyes peeled for urgent, inflicted stress from other people. So this could look like a family member who wants the holidays to go a very specific way and they're demanding certain things from you. This could be a boss who maybe doesn't celebrate the holidays as in-depth as you do. And so they're more concerned about the corporate powers that be breathing down their throat saying, hey, we need X, Y, Z to happen by the 1st of Jan. And you're going, okay, yeah, I get that that's a priority for the company, but I don't get to see my grandfather ever except during the holidays. This is my priority, right? So a lot of times when somebody is feeling pressure or they're operating under their own stress, they deliver information to other people in a package that's kind of wrapped in urgency. It's enveloped with a sense of emergent energy. So they're, it's almost like they're coming to you, dropping off a package that's like all urgent all day long. And it's up to you to kind of go, okay, wait a minute. Is this issue, is this specific meal or gift or event that my mom really wants me to go to or my boss really wants me to handle, it's coming at me, it's being presented as though it's unbelievably urgent. But is it really to me? And of course, there's going to be situations where you do need to follow through because it's your livelihood and you don't want to get fucking fired. But there might be a place for you to advocate for yourself a little bit or to create a counter offer. Hey, listen, I know this is really important. I do need to take off on Friday because we're, you know, flying to my family, et cetera, whatever plans you might have. And so can this wait until this date? Or what if I put this project on hold so that I can handle this thing that seems much more emergent? So I think that there's ways that that yes, we're having stress incurred from other people, but we don't really question it. We don't really kick back or or contest it in any way or even offer a counteroffer. So start thinking about that. And that's also directly related to your own priorities. So when you look back at that list of priorities, And people are handing you these giant piles of shit that are emergencies. It's so urgent that we do it this way. Is that really a package you want to accept? 
and that you want to sign off on and bring into your home? Probably not. And again, I don't think it's an all or nothing or it has to look a specific way, but I do think it's worth contemplation. It's worth just observing, okay, wow, the way that they asked that of me sounded like their pants were on fire. (laughs) Does that really feel like something I need to adopt as well? And it just gives us a little bit of awareness because energy is incredibly transferable, right? So if somebody is coming at you with, oh my gosh, we got to do this and it's got to look like this and have you done this yet and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. It's so easy for, oh, okay, us to adopt that same energy and then feel like we have to mimic it and do, instead of just going, okay, I recognize how this is coming at me. How do I want to handle this? What's the most powerful way for me to handle this? All right. And then finally, number six, check in on all areas of your health, your emotional health, your physical health, your spiritual health. What is your body asking for? There is no secret to why so many of us come down with a cold or get a little sick when we're stressed. When we create this element of overwhelm in our life, our body goes, nope, nope, we can't take all that shit on. I'm going to slow your ass down since you won't do it. I'm going to slow your ass down, bitch. Here's a nice cold. Here's a nice sore throat. Go ahead and stay in bed since you were so hell-bent on hand-folding all of these napkins in a specific way for this goddamn meal. Nope. Now introduce you to this cough syrup, right? So (laughs) that we've all experienced that where we've pushed and pushed and pushed our limit and we've ignored our health. So keep in mind, what are the things that help you thrive? I know for myself, I do a about a 15-minute meditation, um, three different forms of meditation every single morning. If I miss that, if I don't do it, my day is significantly different. And I find that when I'm a little bit burnt out, when I've got a lot of things on my plate, it's easier for me to go, I don't have time for that. And I tend to say, I don't have time for that to the things that are mandatory for my health. Movement, going for walks, getting a workout in, connecting with the people in my life who I who I care about the most, right? Like my best friend reaching out to me, Mr. Smith reaching out, my my brother reaching out, and me kind of feeling like I don't have time to talk to them. Those are usually the key words that clue me in where I can go, okay, what are you making more important? You're making it more important to flawlessly wrap these gifts <laughs> or fill in the blank of whatever it is that that we allow to make more important these obligations, these things that my family wants versus what I want. And it isn't necessarily in alignment with my values, right? It goes back to the have-tos and the shoulds and the absolutes. So check in on your own health. Are you skipping therapy appointments? Are you skipping journaling or the things that you know help keep your day so much more in alignment. A lot of times we have those things that it's like, you know, movement or a certain amount of water or our supplements or 
journaling or therapy appointments or all of these things that we genuinely feel so much better. We feel emotionally healthy, spiritually healthy. What are those things for you? And make sure that you don't compromise on those. Check in with all areas of your health. All right. And again, a handful of episodes that I think will be really helpful for you listed in the show notes. Let's just review this really quickly. Six ways to manage and recover from holiday stress. Number one, watch out for your self-inflicted rules. Look out for those shortcuts. Use that acronym of POD, postpone, omit, delegate to make your life a little bit easier. Number two, make a list of your own priorities and make them more important than other people's obligations. Getting real real clear about that. Number three, decline with grace. Start saying no so that you can actually say yes to other things that matter more to you. Number four, build in that self-care, that downtime, that recovery. And what does that look like to you? Sometimes that's a massage to somebody, sometimes to somebody else. It's literally doing nothing. It's sitting on the couch and just vegging out or watching your favorite Netflix series. Recovery can look however the fuck you want, all right? Nobody gets to judge you for that. And number five, keep your eyes peeled for urgent inflicted stress from other people. Start to heighten your awareness around that a little bit more. And finally, number six, check in on all areas of your health, emotional, physical, spiritual, physical. What are the things that I need to do to genuinely take care of myself? So I'm hoping that that has been helpful for you all. And I will mention too, the concept around saying no and dealing with other people's opinions, other people's obligations, or also that pull to do everything for everyone else or to make it flawless, perfectionism. A lot of times those behaviors are indicative of how we feel about ourselves at our core. So we turn to those behaviors to prove our worth, right? Like if I'm flawless, if I host the best party, if I do the best gifts, if I'm the most thoughtful in the family, then maybe I'm lovable, then maybe I'm worthy. Or if I do all of these things to please everybody else, make everyone else happy, maybe then I'm enough. And that is essentially the work that I do. It's looking at that internal component of how do I view myself? What do I believe about my own enoughness and my own value? And if that's you and you know that you really want to shift and change where you put stock in your worthiness, that it's internal as opposed to being outsourced, then I really encourage you to think about my Deep Down and Dirty program. And it is a group intensive. It's something that spans over four months because I do believe that change happens over conditioning new behavior and thought patterns over a longer period of time. If you're interested in that and you know that 2022 has got to be different because you cannot keep going down this path, check it out on my site. Go to thejoyjunkie.com, click on work with me, and you'll see all the information about Deep Down and Dirty and what your next steps are. We would love to support you with that. So that being said, we will be right here in your feed next week. I will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. 